0: well good morning to you all and welcome today I'm going to be talking about some important issues big issues vision faith transformation and inspiration powerful strong words powerful strong concepts I'd like to start by considering the prayer that we've been asked to think about in relation to the future of the Church here in Camborne, Almighty God, your love has drawn us to you and inspired us to be your disciples. May your Holy Spirit bring vision to our Church, faith to our lives, and transformation to our communities. Through Christ the Living Lord. Amen. I wonder what you thought about this prayer as I read. Did you think, yep, absolutely, to every word of it? Did some bits sit easily with you and others not so much? But did it wash over you with your mind troubled on other matters? I'd just like to take a moment to consider the fact that the Holy Spirit is moving amongst us and in us right now. Right now in this church building. Between us and between the seats. Above our heads and below our feet. Will the spirit move you today? Will you open your heart? Will you hear the still small voice of calm? However you're feeling today. And whatever you're thinking or believing. You are welcome in this place. And I hope that whatever you're. Thinking or believing, the talk I give today will give you some food for thought at least. So the prayer I've just just read talks about love, inspiration, faith and transformation. And these aren't in the abstract, but these are here and now in Camborne, 2014. Here and now in the messy, complicated and busy present. So to get ourselves in the right place of mind for truly listening to the prayer of vision, I thought it would be useful to think back on our own lives and our own journeys, however long or short that might have been, however long or briefly you follow Christ, however many times your faith has wavered or been strong. So, inspiration and transformation two main concepts for today. I wonder as you think which Christians have inspired you and how have you been transformed as a result? Maybe it's a Christian you've heard about in house group, maybe it's somebody you know, maybe it's somebody you did know, maybe it's someone you knew a long time ago when you were just a child or maybe someone you're walking alongside right now. Because one of the great truths about Christianity is that one size doesn't fit all. There's not some concept of an ideal believer in the direction of whom we must all strive. We're not called to follow a set pattern. We don't have our lives firmly controlled by a vast set of inflexible rules. You are precious and important. You, your life and your actions, they matter transpirations and inspirations are individual to you, and they're certainly worth thinking about. It might be worth just mentioning in some sense how I've been transformed, because I wasn't a Christian at all, I was perhaps anti-Christian in many ways, and it was only in my late thirties that I came to faith. And it was my father-in-law, Don Woodfield, who was in some sense the motivation to start to think more about Christ. He kept referring to the peace of Christ and I kept thinking, well I'm peaceful, but now I know that he meant something quite profoundly different to the peace that I thought I could have from the world. And it was through conversations with with Don and Murray's brothers that eventually I took the Bible up to read through and it wasn't to learn about God, it was in some sense to equip myself to provide arguments against their faith. But I read the Bible and by the end my journey of belief had begun. I was inspired by Don, and the transformation is still going on today. Maybe you've had a radical transformation from a very problematic, bad, or even, dare I say it, an evil lifestyle. Maybe you've always been a Christian and have transformed slowly and gradually over many years like a sapling growing into a mighty oak. Maybe you're somewhere in between... Perhaps today you realise that you're moving closer to God, or maybe you realise you're moving slowly away. Perhaps you just don't know, or perhaps you've never really even thought about it. There seem to be good and bad changes that can occur throughout people's lives, and sadly to me it seems that there seems to be a disparity between good and evil. Because evil can very quickly cause deep wounds, mental or physical. Health can fail suddenly and unexpectedly. And life can serve up terrible events which change lives in a moment. Of course, there are very rapid transformations for good. Some of you may become Christians in an instant. And St Paul's is the obvious conversion from the Bible where he was persecuting Christians, was struck blind and then became God's instrument on earth. And I know from speaking to you that many of you have seen sudden healings and sudden changes of heart for the better. But sadly the Bible promises none of these things. Sure, it says these things can happen, but it doesn't promise you're going to get them. In fact, it's pretty clear from the Bible that your life is likely to involve suffering. And clear that undoing the work of evil will be laborious and time-consuming. Evil appears in the garden right at the beginning. There's no reason given as to why evil's there, it's just there. And the Bible and our faith will equip us to deal with this. To transform us into better people, able to make better lives. So, if we're to take transformation seriously, we need to be aware of the difficulty in creating a lasting change. It seems to me to be easy to do quick fixes, one-off events, short-lived interventions, but quite another to devote the patient love that's required to fix many of the most stubbornly difficult problems. I see that we need a three-fold attack To truly bring people to Christ. First of all, we need to find these people and bring them closer. The second thing is we need to help the faith of our existing brothers and sisters in Christ. This isn't an individual sport, it's a team game. And thirdly, we need to work on our own faith. And as I wrote down, I realised this is pretty much the up, in and out used by Camborne Church over previous years. It's all important. We need to look up to God for ourselves. We need to look to each other for support. And we need to look out to the world to bring the message of Christ to the people. So the transformation prayer does relate to Kenbourne. What transformation needs to happen here in Kenbourne for the rest of this year, the year after, the decade after and so on? Well, you'll each have your own thoughts on this. And there are certainly enough stubbornly difficult problems to address. And wow, when we look at the news and into the wider world, it's so easy to despair, or I feel it is. It's so easy to feel that the problems are just too difficult. And it's so easy to actually end up doing essentially nothing. Something of which I'm as guilty as anybody. But don't despair, because I have some great news. Because we're not alone in this. Because the Holy Spirit is here with us right now. Although the Bible doesn't promise you a straightforward life, it's very clear that the Holy Spirit will guide you in life, comfort you, teach you all things, give you joy, be your counsellor, be your advocate. Wow, well given all these promises, surely it's very simple. Let's just get out there and do it. Everyone will become a Christian with that list of free benefits. When they see what's on offer for free, they'll go, well, yeah, sure, I'll have that. Or maybe it's really not quite that simple. I wonder what you thought as we consider these benefits of the Holy Spirit. I wonder what your emotions were. I'll read them again. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will guide you in life. It will comfort you, it will teach you all things, it will give you joy, it will be your counsellor and it will be your advocate. As I read through those things, did you feel a thrill of excitement? Did you feel comforted? Did you feel worthy of such an incredible gift? Perhaps you feel a little bit guilty for not making the most of this incredible gift. Maybe, if you're being honest to yourself, you wonder where the Holy Spirit is. Maybe you just don't feel that it's there with you at all. But it seems to me that the main question is this. Do you believe this list of things, or do you doubt them? Are you sceptical towards this amazing set of promises, or are you open to them? If it's difficult to understand, are you inclined to move on to other aspects of the Bible which seem more straightforward? Don't kill, murder, adultery, and so on. Much more straightforward to follow. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you listen to any of Jesus' teachings, which of course I hope you do, this one is that concerning which there is no problem of interpretation. It's one of the few times that Jesus speaks plainly. Not in parable, not in a metaphor, not in another insight. He says, if you love me, the Holy Spirit will come and be with you forever. I will not leave you as orphans and the world will not see me, but you will see me. Jesus is very clear and straightforward about the Holy Spirit. If you love Jesus... The Spirit will come and be with you forever. And this is what is available to people here on earth, right here and right now. This is really good. We should want to share this. Because sharing our faith is important. And I believe it's essential if we wish to transform our community in the deepest and longest lasting way. But to do so, I also believe that we need to be honest about the obstacles to faith. Obstacles to people coming through the front door of the church. Obstacles to starting a conversation with people who come through the door. Obstacles to make them feel welcomed enough to stay and return. Now, on a slightly different track, I used to be a maths teacher, and I had to battle with students on the topic of algebra. Now, I wonder what your thoughts are towards algebra. I'm sure there is a, a spectrum of opinion in the congregation. But any maths teacher will have heard these cries from the students What's the point of this? Oh, I don't get it. When will I ever use this? This is boring. What's x again? And sadly, and most commonly, is like, Will this be on the exam? If yes, I'll bother to listen. If no, I won't bother. And I realised I was doing this talk that. Evangelizing is a bit like trying to teach algebra. You know it's good for them, but they disagree. There's a standoff, but it really is worth persisting. Now as a convert I thought of four major impediments to faith. The first is being open, is it actually hard to understand? The second thing is, it is kind of unbelievable. You know, I am a Christian and I believe it truly. But sure, it is sort of unbelievable. Jesus came back from the dead. We're all saved. We can go to heaven. It's a great unbelievable. But nevertheless, to someone who is an outsider, this is something worth considering. Another thing is that the Old Testament is filled with horrors. Right from Cain and Abel and the fall all the way through, there are horrific moments detailed. These are things that polite people don't really like to consider, but it's there in the Bible. And the other obstacle to faith is that in the world today there are vehement opponents towards Christianity. Now, if our transformation isn't to be superficial, we need to be aware of these issues. And I know many very experienced Christians find these issues very difficult when talking to other people but the good news is well a different sort of good news to the good news we needn't lose all hope because as I thought about it many of the horrors or most of them in fact are in the historical parts of the Bible the bits of the Bible that detail things that happen with real people about their lives it's in the past Many of the most unbelievable and difficult notions are those concerning the future, the promise of heaven, the second coming. And these are difficult concepts to understand, which is why Jesus talks in parables to try to give us some feeling for what these concepts are about. They're not straightforward, otherwise straightforward answers would have been given. I feel that the unbelievable parts, the difficult to understand parts, or concern what's going to happen next. Well the good news is. Again a different sort of good news. Is that we live in the present. Today. Evangelism. Is in the present. And Jesus is refreshingly clear. And direct about. The fact the Holy Spirit will help us in the present. So don't be overwhelmed. The past and the future. Are in the hands of God and Jesus. I don't need to worry about reconciling all of history with today. I don't need to worry about all of tomorrow. I just need to be the hands and feet of Jesus on earth in Camborne and Brookfield Way, here and now. You see, the present is ours. And in the present, we're held by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this next slide contains um, lots of brick walls, different sorts of brick walls. It turns out that if you wish to look for brick walls on the internet, you can Google them and there are many, many images. It's one of the incredibly useful things about the internet. And you'll see that some of the brick walls are perfect, uniform, some are old and crumbling, some are maybe different sorts of bricks, some are kind of water damaged, some have half fallen down even. We'll come back to why these bricks are important in a moment, but you may be drawn to a particular wall of course. So we're in the present, and I see it that people in the present guard their hearts carefully, either consciously or subconsciously, or both. Because we live in a sinful, broken world, people's hearts are broken, wounded or scarred. And as we move through life, we put barriers around our own hearts to stop ourselves getting hurt through cruel words or cruel actions. We all build walls around our hearts throughout our lives, But because we're individuals, everyone's wall is different. Some walls are perfect and essentially impenetrable. You ain't going to get through to that person without a lot of effort. Some walls are thick or high. Some have a mixture of old and new bricks. Some have loads of small bricks all piled up. Some might have a few huge, tricky bricks. There's not many of them, but they seem very, very difficult to move. Now, we might not be able to shift these bricks ourselves, but the Holy Spirit can. It can gradually remove a wall or smash it away in an instant. All it needs is for a person to dare to let this wonderful spirit of truth in. So for me, I dared to open my mind to listening to the Bible. And gradually the Holy Spirit eroded that wall of anti-faith and replaced it with something far more wonderful. All it needs is for a person to dare to let the wonderful spirit of truth in. And I feel that this ought to be the heart of evangelism. Finding out the way into their hearts to dare to lower their defensive barriers. Because it's not about us and our preferences. It's about them, it's about their change. For a person to change, there needs to be motivation, a cause, a desire. It's not our cause or desire, it's not our motivations, it's all about that person. And I'd like to think seriously for a moment, about what's your desire? And I'm not talking superficially, you know, you fancy a roast chicken for lunch or something. What do you truly and deeply desire in your minds and in your hearts and in your souls? Well, I believe the answer is this. It is simply peace. I thought long and hard about this one. And I claim that we all want peace eventually. When, why, how, well it varies. But people eventually want peace. There may be many reasons, but we all eventually want peace in our minds, peace in our souls. Not being where there's no noise, trouble or hard work, but being in the midst of those and still being calm in your heart. As I looked at inspirational Christian testimonies, peace really did seem to the heart of all of them. I'll read you some generic examples and maybe some will resonate and maybe you'll think of others. But as I looked at Christian transformation, I found adulterers who wanted peace from their vices. Murderous gangsters who wanted peace from violence. Alcoholics, gamblers and drug users who wanted peace from their addictions. There were gravely ill people who wanted peace from their pain. There were soldiers who wanted peace from the horrors of war. There were the angry who sought peace from their rage. There were victims who wanted peace from their wounded minds. There were the overworked who sought peace from an empty rat run. And there were many, many more who simply sought peace from their own minds. Because when the music fades and where the day ends, when the light is out... It is just you, yourself, and the Holy Spirit. I wonder what your obstacles to peace are. The deep, still, calming peace of Christ. The peace that can never be taken away. Will never be broken. Will never tarnish. The peace that can ride quietly with you for your whole life. Regarding of the ups and downs of the world. The ups and downs that will arrive at your door. This is the peace that can overcome any evil. And this is the wonderful, wonderful thing. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. No matter what evil throws at people, peace will be the thing they seek eventually. And peace is precisely what Christ can offer today in the here and now. It's a wonderfully simple message, wonderfully powerful. I encourage you this week to take a moment to be still and pray for the peace of the Holy Spirit in you and in others you know. To pray that you can discern your true path, the path that will lead to your fulfilment and the inevitable transformation of those around you. And who knows, maybe your inner peace in a time of storm will inspire the cynic, the jaded or the hostile unbeliever to find out a little more about the good news of Christ. To make the first step in the journey which will lead to the Lord. The first step in the journey which will lead to the most lasting and powerful transformation the people and the communities around us. And I'd like to end with an old Celtic prayer. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the gentle night to you. Moon and stars pour their healing light upon you. Deep peace of Christ, the light of the world to you. Deep peace of Christ to you. Amen.